Hi, my name's Steve Bartlett. What day is it? It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Fight Back. Hi, uh, once again, we're going to be talking about the ways that we can try to change the laws about guns and try to end violence uh, involving guns in our society. Last week, I talked about how we have to break the power of the NRA because um, regardless of what good ideas people have, as long as the NRA can basically coerce politicians by giving them money and bribing them, there's no way we're ever going to make any changes. So we have to break the power of the NRA by breaking the addiction that politicians have the money. And in order to do that, we need to have major reform in our country. And the ideas that I'm going to suggest to you tonight really don't have anything directly to do with gun violence or guns, but are major reforms that we need in order to take our country back and to make us more democratic. And this will help us end the monopoly that um, the NRA has on buying and selling politicians. The first thing we have to do is we need lobbying reform, or in the words of um, our great Fuhrer, Donald Trump, we need to drain the swamp. Now, when he talks about draining the swamp now, what Trump is talking about is stopping those who disagree with him from being part of the public sector. But that's not what he meant when he ran for election. That's why people who are Bernie Sanders supporters actually ended up voting for Trump over Clinton. What he meant was we need to drain Washington of the lobbyists because the lobbyists have gotten out of control and we need major lobbying reform in this country if we want to become a democracy again. Okay? Now, lobbying by itself isn't a bad thing. The whole idea of lobbying is actually based upon the Constitution, that citizens should be able to meet our leaders and democratically lobby for change or particular laws. And the way you can do that is best expressed in the I'm just a bill video that we all saw as we were kids. Let's say there's a traffic light and people are getting killed at that traffic light. You take your, you go up with people's families who've been killed and you bring statistics and you take it to your local politician and you say, we need a traffic light here. That's the way lobbying is supposed to be done. You use logic, you use reason, and citizens directly communicate their needs to politicians. However, that's not the way lobbying works in real life, especially in Washington, D.C., okay? Lobbyists are basically legally able to bribe politicians. They don't use reason. They don't use logic. They use money to have politicians do their bidding, okay? So we need major laws to prohibit this. The first thing we need is a law saying that 
Lobbyists cannot directly donate money to politicians. If you are a lobbyist, you cannot give money to politicians. If you want to give money to politicians, that's fine. You're a citizen. But lobbyists should not be able to give money to politicians either in cash or favors or any way that you want to give it. You can't give free transportation. You can't give airline tickets to your first class airline jet plane if you're a lobbyist. You can't do that. Make that completely illegal. What lobbyists do is they bundle big contributions from lots of people and they act as the major fundraising arm for political groups. They become the major fundraisers. That should be made illegal. The other major thing that lobbyists do is, if you know about politics, the politicians are mostly the mouthpiece. Okay, One politician doesn't actually write the laws. Actually, it's the lobbyists who write the laws for the politicians to vote on. It's the lobbyists themselves. And a politician has a big staff, and they're the ones who really call the shots. And the way the lobbyists end up bribing the politicians is by offering big jobs, not only to the politicians to work as lobbyists after they leave office, but also to their staff. Oh, you're the senior staff member for a politician? Guess what? We'll give you a $300,000 job working for us next year when you leave the politician if you help us out with this law. Or the family members of the politician. Oh, your, your, your son needs a job? Have him come work for us for $250,000 a year. Oh, by the way, we want you to look into this bill. That should all be illegal. Okay, we need a law that says that if you work for, if you're a politician, you have a lifetime ban from ever working as a lobbyist, or at least a 10-year ban. But there's got to be an end to that resolving door that says if you actually hold a political office, that you can then leave there and immediately become a lobbyist. That should be wrong. There should be at least a 10-year ban. I think we should have a lifetime ban. Or if you're a staff member, if you work for a federal agency or a congressional staff and you're a high-level appointee, Okay, then you should also be prohibited for at least 10 years from working as a lobbying group. We should no longer allow lobbyists to bribe politicians by giving their families, their staff members, and their friends big jobs. Okay? I talked about last week how politicians are out there spending all day fundraising on the phones at call centers trying to raise money. Okay? That's got to end. No more fundraising for politicians during business hours. If it's 9 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock and you're an elected official, you're in there writing laws, not begging for money from lobbyists. You're an employee of us. Okay, that's who you're supposed to be working for. You're not supposed to be working for yourselves or your party by raising money. We have to end that. Okay? And we have to reform the Lobby and Disclosure Act of 1995. Okay? We have to put a criminal penalty as opposed to a civil penalty, which right now is only $50,000. If you're some multi-million dollar corporation that's lobbying our politicians, okay, 50 grand fine is peanuts. A civil penalty is peanuts if you violate that statute. What we need is real teeth. We need it to be a criminal um, punishment if you're going to be breaking um, lobbying laws that are currently in place. Okay? And we also have to close the loopholes which allow anybody who's considered to be only a part-time lobbyist to avoid compliance under the Reform and Lobbying Disclosure Act. We need everybody who engages in the act of lobbying to fall under the same statute and they all should be regulated, not just some of them. I'll see you to talk more about this and other ideas for major reform after our break.
Hi, I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair, and Hollox is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. You know what also is really lousy? That if you're trying to get money from the government through like a government contract, you're allowed to give money to the politicians. We should have a law saying that if you want a government contract awarded to you, you cannot give money to the government. Okay, if I tried to give money to someone running for, if I tried to give money to a judge, they would put me in jail for bribery. But if you're trying to get a government contract and you give a million dollars or whatever to uh, the politician's super PAC, that's okay. Okay, we need a law prohibiting it. If you want money from the government, you can't give money to the government. And another thing that the lobbyists do is they use a loophole in the statute, the way lobbying is defined, so they don't call themselves lobbyists. They give themselves words like, I'm a policy advisor, I'm a strategic consultant, I'm a trade association chief. No, you're a lobbyist, okay? That's your job. So we need to change the, uh, the federal definition of lobbying and, and make sure that everybody's in compliance and they all have to register and they all have to follow the law. We need major lobbying reform, not just in order to save people from dying from gun violence and to break the power of the NRA, but to reform Washington. That is something that every American should be for. The second major issue that I want to talk to you about is ending dark money. Okay, now you've heard this term dark money, but you might not know what dark money is. So let me talk to you a little bit, kind of complicated, about something called PACs. PACs, or political action committees, aren't actually a bad thing and they're actually regulated by federal law. Okay, a pack. Let's say we have a pack called Floridians Who Love Guns. Okay, and what this pack can do is go around the citizens and ask them to give contributions to the pack, and then that political action committee, Floridians Who Love Guns, can give the money to Donald Trump or, or Rick Scott or Putnam or whoever they want to give the money to. And the thing about that is it's citizens giving money to the pack. The pack then gives the money to the politician, and the politician then spends the money on their campaign ads or whatever they want to spend the money money on. Okay? But this is why it's fair. There's a list of those people who are giving the money. There's transparency. There's limits on the amount of money that can be given to the politicians. And corporations are banned under the law from giving money to political action committees. That's what a PAC actually is. However, in 2010, the Supreme Court came up with a horrible decision which has changed our lives forever. Hopefully it's not forever and we can make changes. But it really made a major change in our country, and that case is called Citizens United, which overturned portions of the Federal Elections Campaign Act, also known as McCain-Feingold, okay? And this created a monster loophole called the, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's super PAC, okay? Now, what's the difference between a super PAC and a regular PAC? Well, here's the difference. Super PACs don't give money to politicians, okay? They don't give money to politicians. They don't give it at all. Instead, they spend money directly. 
advertising to the people. They actually can spend money by putting commercials on television directly as super PAC. They cut out the middleman, okay? They spend the ads directly from certain super PACs. So if a super PAC is called uh, Floridians Who Love Guns, then they'll be on television, okay? But here's the difference. Corporations can spend money on these super PACs. Okay, so unlike the bar on regular political action committees, there's no bar on the money being spent by super PACs. And there's no limits on contributions. So corporations can spend as much money as they want on these advertisings coming from super PACs. Okay, but they're not allowed to coordinate with the government when they do this. They're not allowed to coordinate with a politician when they do this. But they figure out ways to do it. Let me tell you, they're not allowed to, so in other words, if you are a pro-gun uh, super PAC and you are not officially allowed to coordinate with the Trump team when you're doing your advertising, what you do is you don't talk directly to the Trump team, you talk around them. You go on television and say, hi, I'm on uh, television on Fox News and we decided we're not going to spend money this year advertising in Florida. Well, all you're doing is you're telling the Trump people that they should spend money advertising in Florida because you're not going to. You are coordinating even though you're technically not colluding with the Trump campaign. Okay? Okay. But that's not the way super PACs really work. Super PACs work with these things called 501c4 nonprofits. Okay? Now nonprofits are these corporations that are actually created and they don't have to pay taxes. Okay? And the way they get around that is because for you to be nonprofit, you're not allowed to be political. So what they do is they say, we're not political, we're educational. When we're saying that we're a, a company, a, a, a nonprofit called Floridians Who Love Guns, we're not there to campaign for any particular politician. We're there to spread education about how guns are our friends and how we all should love guns and how helpful they are to our society. So we're not political. So they're able to be tax-free. And this is the way the super PACs work with the nonprofits, okay? One thing is these nonprofits don't have to disclose who gives them their money. Okay? It's all hush hush top secret. There is some laws in effect that eventually allow their donors to be actually told, but it's way after the election's already over. Okay? So Here's how they work. Let's say you create a super PAC. Now, you're not going to call it Floridians Who Love Guns. You're going to call it something generic like Floridians Who Love Freedom. And you create this super PAC, okay? And then you also have another um, nonprofit, a 501c4 corporation, and you might call that Floridians for a Better Tomorrow. And what happens is corporations, millionaires, billionaires, whoever, give unlimited money to the 501c4 corporation, okay? And then the 501c4 corporation gives the money to the super PAC. And that way, when they try to find out who gave the money to the super PAC, the real donors are never known. Instead, you only are told the name of the nonprofit corporation. And in reality, millions of dollars could be coming from not only the NRA, but from the gun manufacturers themselves. So some large gun manufacturer can give millions of dollars to some sort of um, nonprofit called Floridians Who Love Freedom, and then that 
nonprofit then gives that million dollars over to a super PAC called Floridians for a Better Tomorrow, and then they throw the ads on television over and over again. And then it says this ad was paid for by Floridians who love freedom. And then you say, well, who, who gave the money to that? Who's the? And they say, well, that was the, the, uh, the Floridians who love America gave the money to that. You never know who the true donors are. It could be the multi-billionaire Koch brothers. It could be uh, billionaires and trillionaires and corporations or whoever. It could be foreign governments. It could be the Russians. It could be Putin. We don't know who's funding these nonprofits who then in turn give the money to the super PACs. And it came out in a story this year, okay? I'm not saying it's true, but it has come out that the NRA was used by the Russians to fund money into super PACs that were pro-Trump. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it is possible. And this has to stop. We have to get rid of dark money. We need transparency. The first thing we need is we have to overturn Citizens United. We have to make sure that we put judges on the Supreme Court who are against Citizens United. Now, I know my Republicans' friends who are conservative say, yes, but we like conservative judges. There's nothing conservative about the Citizens United decision, okay? Conservatives hate the idea of judicial activism, which is the courts coming up with rights or coming up with laws, pulling it out of their own asses, okay? That's what Citizens United did. Okay? It's based upon the idea that corporations are people. The Constitution does not say corporations are people. Corporations are artificial entities created by government. They do not have the same rights as people. Who says they do? The Supreme Court. That's judicial activism. They, the Supreme Court says that spending unlimited money is speech. Money is not speech. Spending unlimited money is not speech. Who came up with that? The Supreme Court. That is judicial activists. Real conservatives should be against that and should say, yes, we want judges who are conservative, but what we want judges who aren't going to be just judicial activists if it helps the rich billionaire class. Okay, so liberals and conservatives should be together on this. And we need to get rid of Citizens United. When we come back, I'm going to talk about more ways we can try to regulate and get rid of dark money in politics and other ways so we can break the financial monopoly that the NRA has on our politicians. See you in a second. I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. 
I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair, and Holox is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. Even without repealing Citizens United, there are things that we can do to try to regulate this dark money coming into society. The first thing we need is a federal law requiring total disclosure of membership and contributions to super PACs and any nonprofit companies so we know who is really buying these political ads instead of hiding behind these fake creative names. Okay? Although it is completely illegal for foreign entities to spend money on elections right now, we need laws prohibiting domestic corporations with significant foreign control, ownership, or direction from spending money in American elections as well. We need to stop any shell corporations from laundering foreign money and putting that money into our elections. And we need serious punishments for those that do it. Not just fines, but criminal sanctions of those who actually solicit this and engage in this activity. We must force companies to disclose their true owners if they're spending money in elections. Okay? No more generic hiding behind shell corporations. We need to know where the money is actually coming from. And we need a law stating that all super PACs and 501c4 groups, they must promptly, immediately, not after the election, but now, disclose any donors who have given more than $10,000 during an election cycle to any candidate. Okay? Or any uh, political action committee. Or any super PAC. Okay? We need that disclosure. We can put it on the internet. And therefore, we can bring this darkness and show some light to end the secret money that is buying elections and through the NRA and the gun manufacturers uh, spending money by bribing these politicians so they create laws that don't help us but actually hurt us. Okay? The other major thing that I want to talk to you about today is election reform. We need this, not just to end gun violence, but we need this to preserve our democracy, okay? Right now, the statistics show that the more politicians spend on elections, the more likely they're going to win. Occasionally, a politician spends less than another politician and wins. Yes, Trump spent less money than Hillary spent, and he won. That, that doesn't disprove the fact that the vast majority of the candidate who raises the most money and spends the most money wins. And it's really hard to figure out who's raising most money, since most money spent during election is the dark money not being spent by the politicians themselves. So even though Trump campaign spent less money than Hillary, I'm sure the super PACs for Trump spent more money than the Democrats spent during that election cycle. Okay? This has to stop. We have to stop buying our politicians the way we buy fast food. We shouldn't have Madison Avenue sell us our politicians. We need to reform the way we do our elections in this country. Okay? One idea is through public funding of education. Now, this might sound socialist, but let me tell you, here's an idea that I heard about. Just think about it. Each citizen is given a $50 voucher from the government each election. And then you take that money and you can spend it whoever you want. Send it to whichever politician you want, and then they buy a campaign ad. Okay? That stops her from being a monopoly of big money buying politicians and the millionaire having more of a say than you. And that's it. Okay, their campaign is based solely on that $50 contributions from each citizen. Okay, now that would cost about um, $15 billion in order for, to do that. Now that's a lot of money. 
But if you think about it, that's nine days of our current military budget, especially when we just gave a $300 billion tax cut to the wealthiest Americans in our country this past year. It's a drop in the bucket, okay? And that would help preserve democracy, okay? And if you're a politician who accepts this money, you can't take money from anyone else. So you have a choice. If you want to go the one route, going to the corporations that way, you can do that. But then you're barred from getting the 50 bucks from every citizen. Or you could take the public finance route and go that way, okay? Here's another idea to make it more democratic for election reform. Maybe networks should be forced to give free airtime to political candidates, okay? Who owns the air, uh, airwaves? We do, okay? They're only licensed to use it. Back in the old day, they actually had an obligation to the public sector, the networks. Let's make them have an obligation again. They have to dedicate a certain amount of time each election cycle as patriots in order to keep their licensing to use their airwaves to give free airtime for campaign commercials to politicians so it's not a constant, let's who can raise the most money so we can have the most campaign commercials and then buy the election that way. Okay? Here's another way. Here's another way we can try to do this. Okay, let's go to England. In England, they actually have spending limits on the amount of money that politicians can actually spend in an election cycle. Television ads, ads in England are actually banned. Okay, they're actually banned television ads. Okay, and the campaign cycle in England is only six weeks long. Okay. That would make things a lot better instead of there being a two-year constant campaign and being bombarded with these stupid commercials over and over again during campaign uh, season that doesn't even make you want to watch television anymore. Okay? Now, you might say it could be a uh, it could be violation of the, of the First Amendment, but the European Court of Human Rights looked at something called Article 10 of the European Convention, which is basically their version of the First Amendment, and they said that it's not a violation of free speech if those restrictions are proportionate to the public interests that they're aimed to protect. Like I have said many times, there are no un there is no such thing as an unlimited right. Any type of right could have limitations if the necessity of protecting the public outweighs that person's or the individual or that group's right. We are in a horrible situation. Our democracy depends on a fair election system instead of the rich people at buying elections and actually owning our government and owning our politicians, okay? Putting some reforms into the length of elections, putting some reforms into the amount of television ads that can be put on by a politician, putting some reforms about um, of these nature, these things will help strengthen our democracy, which is the whole purpose of the First Amendment to begin with, okay? So think about these major reforms. Next week, we're going to talk about more specific reforms and how we can help economically bust the NRA. See you next week.